Hello, and welcome to The Context. My name is Scott Pruitt, and I'm an anchor with News China. With our podcast, we aim to provide insight into the current trends of modern China, allowing you to clearly see what's happening today through a historical lens. Today we'll talk about a record-breaking song derived from a nearly 400-year-old collection of short stories that weave together the supernatural and the mundane, delving into a world where ghosts and fox spirits intersect with human desires and disrupting social norms. As of July 30th, the Chinese mainland pop singer Dao Long's new song, Luo Cha Hai Shi, has reached a global online streaming count of 8 billion, surpassing the world record of 5.5 billion streams set by the Spanish hit Despacito in 2017. Many people might find it surprising that after a hiatus of 20 years, Dao Long and his songs have once again become a trending topic on social networks and short video platforms. His new song gained popularity due to its sharp style and strong satirical undertones. Some fans meticulously analyze the lyrics, uncovering the art of cursing without actually using so-called dirty words, and cleverly using humor to enact his revenge on the entertainment industry. However, Dao Long has yet to respond to such implications. The song Luo Cha Hai Shi draws inspiration from a story of the same name published among the classic collection of short stories called Liao Jai Zhi Yi, or Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio, by Pu Song Ling from the Qing Dynasty, which lasted from 1644 to 1911. Pu was born in the city of Zibo in Shandong province in 1640. He came from a relatively affluent family, and among his four brothers, he was the most intelligent and diligent in his studies. Thusly, he gained the attention of the educational administrator of Shandong province, a gentleman named Shi Runjiang, who was a prominent figure in the literary world during the early Qing dynasty. At the age of 19, Pu Songling successfully passed the initial round of the imperial exams, known as the Tongzi Examination, achieving the top rank in all three levels of government, county, prefecture, and circuit. This marked a prosperous start to his career and a promising future. However, Pu could never have anticipated the dramatic downturn his life would take. First, his sisters-in-law were not virtuous and family matters grew chaotic, leading Pu's father to divide their household. The division was unjust, and Pu received only a small portion of food, some barren land, and a few dilapidated houses. Despite this, he and his wife accepted their fate without protest. Then he embarked on a long journey to attempt the imperial exams, facing repeated failures over the course of more than 50 years. Due to his circumstances, he balanced taking the exams with working as a private tutor to support his family. At the age of 31, Pu was briefly employed as an aide by his fellow townsman Sun Hui, the magistrate of Baoying County in Jiangsu. However, 
He soon returned home, finding an excuse to continue his career as a private tutor, a position that held low status and offered meager compensation. From a societal standpoint, Pooh can be considered a thorough underachiever. His repeated exam failures stand as his life's major regret. His poetry and the tales in Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio poignantly capture these sentiments and vividly depict his experiences. Pooh was fervently dedicated to the imperial exams throughout his life, yet success eluded him. However, his passion for writing remained unwavering. He began crafting strange tales from a Chinese studio in his youth, though its completion was not to be realized until well into adulthood. At the age of five, a dynastic transition occurred, with the Qing taking control of the country. This period witnessed the sacking of cities in southern China and the suppression of peasant uprisings in Shandong, resulting in a number of peculiar events that inevitably influenced strange tales. To gather more material, Pooh opened a tea house near his home, allowing patrons to pay for tea with stories. This clever approach amassed a wealth of tales that found their way into his compilation. The creation of the collection spanned 40 years, encompassing much of Pooh's lifetime. However, after completing the book, Pooh lacked the means to publish. He sought the endorsement of Wang Shijun, a prominent figure in the early Qing literary scene. Wang regarded Pooh highly, recognizing his exceptional talent, and readily composed a poem for Pooh's book. This endorsement ignited a flurry of interest from various publishing houses, desperate to acquire the manuscript, considering its publication a prestigious endeavor. Pooh battled poverty throughout his life, struggling on his quest to pass the imperial exams and dedicating his life to his creative work. In 1715, he departed the mortal world forever, his dream of rising from poverty to political prominence unfulfilled. Although Pooh's career as an official faced setbacks, his book solidified his place in literary history. Comprised of eight volumes, 491 tales, and over 400,000 words, this collection stands as the pinnacle of ancient Chinese classical short stories. The book's content is diverse, drawing from folklore, legend, and historical anecdotes. The stories are primarily categorized into several types. Romance stories constitute the largest portion of the book. In these tales, the main characters often defy traditional feudal ethics and boldly pursue free and unconventional love. There are stories that criticize the imperial exam system and the devastating effect it had on scholars. There are also stories that expose the cruelty of the ruling class and the oppression of the people, often balancing significant social commentary with biting satire. The collection invokes ethereal creatures like flower spirits and bewitching foxes, while also imbuing elements of the underworld with personality and social relevance. Through this, Pooh eloquently expressed his emotions, values, and ideals. In his work, a Brief History of Chinese Fiction, Chinese literary legend Lu Xun described this book as the most famous among specialized collections. Historian Guo Moruo composed a couplet for Pu's former residence, praising his writing for standing out in portraying ghosts and spirits and penetrating to the core in its satirizing of greed and cruelty. 
Famed novelist Lao Xia also commented on Pu's writing, noting that he had infused character into spirits and demons, turning laughter and curses into literature. The significant and profound impact that Pu's work had on future generations of literary figures is evident. Perhaps with a mixture of laughing and cursing at his own plight, Pooh incorporated his repeated exam failures into his stories. Many tales depict protagonists who face setbacks in their careers and resort to the invocation of supernatural forces to solve their problems or vent their frustrations. Additionally, the collection introduces a perspective on love at odds with its time, revealing that Pooh had already embraced a modern view of romance. The concise language of the collection is easily accessible to readers. Moreover, its use of the supernatural captures people's imagination. Coupled with its unique perspectives, the book has enjoyed sustained popularity since its initial publication. It has even been adapted into films and television series, continuing to resonate with audiences today. The book has found its way to readers across the globe, becoming widely circulated and cherished. Among the popular stories from Strange Tales, Locha Haishir is one of the top. It tells a tale set in the fictitious realm of Locha, situated over a thousand miles from China. The protagonist, a Chinese merchant named Ma Ji, after drifting to the nation, discovers that the inhabitants possess very different features. The higher their social rank, the uglier they are. The Prime Minister, for instance, is described as having inverted ears, three nostrils, and eyelashes covering the eyes like curtains, features cherished as beautiful by the locals. The story explores the blurred lines between appearance and reality, desire and danger, as well as the complexities of human emotions. It delves into themes of deception, the ephemeral nature of beauty, and the consequences of unchecked desires. Locha Haishir is a thought-provoking tale that offers a deep exploration of the human psyche and the choices individuals make when faced with the unknown and the alluring. Its blend of fantastical elements and psychological depth have made it a memorable entry in strange tales from a Chinese studio, contributing to the collection's enduring popularity and literary significance. In the tale, Pooh vents his frustration over unrecognized talent, through the character of Ma Ji, who, by using charcoal, alters his features to gain favor with the ruler of Luo Cha, Pu uses satire to highlight the dark undercurrents of the real world's politics. He illustrates how individuals often resort to any means necessary in their pursuit of fame and fortune, sometimes losing their true selves in the process. However, Pu's perspective on human nature wasn't entirely despairing. In Luocha Haishir, Ma Ji doesn't continue to wear the false mask. Instead, he departs from the land of Luocha with a dragon prince who he meets at a sea market selling rare treasures. Upon arriving at the dragon palace, Ma Ji's abilities are highly valued, so much so that he is appointed to a position of favor by the dragon king and betrothed to his daughter, the dragon princess. Through this narrative, who expresses his own all-too-common yearning that his talents might one day finally be appreciated by someone of importance. Fans of Pu Songling can delve deeper into his life at his former residence in Pu Jiazhuang village of Zibua City, Shandong province. After his death, the residence remained occupied by his descendants. 
During the Chinese War of Resistance against Japanese aggression from 1931 to 1945, the residence suffered damage at the hands of the Japanese military, leaving only remnants of its original structure. But in the early 1950s, some restoration work was carried out, and subsequently the government established the Pu Songling Former Residence Management Committee, entrusting its administration to Pu's 10th generation descendant, Pu Wenqi. In 1980, the Zibo city government approved the establishment of the Pu Songling Memorial Hall, which is home to the Pu Songling Research Institute and Research Society. The Memorial Hall comprises seven courtyards and eight exhibition rooms, covering an area of 5,000 square meters. And while no fox spirits or sprites or locha have been spotted yet, more than 100,000 visitors have been seen wandering its corridors every year. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Our theme music is by the famous film score composer Rock Chun. We want to thank our writer Liu Wei Tao, translator Yu Shogang, and copy editor James McCarthy. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please tell a friend so they too can understand the context. <laughs>